the shade room to your news feed. We brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide. When I'm feeling lonely, sad as I can be. <laughs> In uncharted island in an endless sea What makes me happy Fills me up with glee Those bones in my jaw That don't have a flaw My shiny teeth in me Y'all listen I might be corny for playing this But this is my childhood This is Chip Skylark from The Fairly Odd Parents My Shiny Teeth in Me And I just found this very appropriate today because we're talking to a celebrity orthodontist, a Black History Month trailblazer, a Howard University graduate, Dr. Bobby Peterson, second generation HBCU educated dentist. And she's made history because she is the first black woman and the first woman to create her own electronic toothbrush. So this is the only song I really could think of to play. All right, so I need y'all to stay tuned. It's really amazing. What's going on everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse. Pulse Pulse Radio in the building for another amazing edition of Pulse Radio on today, live on HBCU Pulse. And, you know, with Black History Month, one thing I'm really big on is I want to showcase current black history. Like we talk about the amazing ancestors and trailblazers of the past, but it's a lot of people doing amazing things now. So we have to uplift the amazing entrepreneurs, influencers, trailblazers, doctors, lawyers that are making black history right before us. So y'all don't want to miss this. Dr. Bobby Peterson, she's doing her thing. Like she's driven by the model, bigger is better. She has the big mouth toothbrush. We're going to talk about that. And she's the owner of Asus Braces, and it's a dental practice in Brooklyn, New York. So if you're up north, if you're on the East Coast, you go to Aces Braces and make it happen. So we're going to talk about a lot of amazing things. So make sure to stay tuned and share this with somebody because when she becomes the next black billionaire, y'all going y'all gonna to be like, man, I should have watched it on HBCU Pulse, man. You're like, y'all going y'all gonna to be regretting it, man. I'm going to be tapped in. So, you know, nevertheless, man, thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Pulse Radio. Let's go on and bring her on. Dr. Bobby. Hey! How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing so well. I'm over here cracking up at that song that you're playing. <laughs> Have you heard it before? Have you heard it? I, I actually haven't. And before you just now said that, I was trying to wreck my brain. Like, where is this song from? Because it's so cute. But no, I haven't unfortunately heard it. But it's definitely appropriate, so I appreciate it to my, you know, to my introduction. It's very much appropriate. So, so for those who don't know on the podcast, so I play Chip Scott like my shiny teeth in me from the Fairly Odd Parents. See, I'm a '90s baby raised in the 2000s, so that was our show. So when, so when it it was brought to me that I could interview you at Black History Trailblazer, I'm like, I have to do something crazy because you've been interviewed on our radio, you've done all this different stuff. So I'm like, I gotta be different. She gonna remember this interview. She gonna be billionaire. So my shiny teeth in me, we playing it. But how's everything going with you? How's Everything going i love it everything's going great i mean before all of these new things that have been happening i've always been on a thousand so i'm always extra busy i'm always in things so in different uh ventures um but no thanks for asking everything's going great 
Everything's going great. We're moving right along. You it's sound you sound just like a Howard University alum. You sound just like <laughs> Howard and that can happen. We love to hear it. So I got to start with your I got to start with your childhood, right? So I was doing my research on you, and I read this article from the Ocean Drive, and it said you were passionate about oral and dental health. Even when you were a child, you brushed your teeth all the time. You were flossing. So I, I know your teeth were white. You had shiny teeth back in the day. But tell us about yeah. your passion for oral and dental health, even dating back to your childhood. Yes. So I, I guess you could say I was I was born basically a tooth person. And there are a lot of people who aren't dentists that are just teeth people. So, yes, I was definitely one of those. I was I've always been a firm believer that, you know, personal hygiene as well as oral hygiene is really, really important. You know, you never want to be that uh, kid in the classroom with the stink, the stink mouth. You know what I mean? You never want to be the stinky kid in the class. You know what I mean? So um, I guess that's kind of like where it stemmed from. Um, that kind of uh, that kind of led into oh I'm the youngest of eight so and so yeah and you know when it comes to a lot of young black people in the household and you know when I was younger one of the one of the main things we did because we didn't have the internet and all that stuff we barely had cable TV you know we used to talk about each other <laughs> that was a form of entertainment we back then we called it hiking on each other right uh-huh. or snapping on each other right. So, um, you know, you never wanted to be the, the focus of that. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. never wanted to be the focus. Um, but no, just growing up, even throughout high school, I was just really into teeth and it being such a huge part of, of, of people's appearance and just wanting to help people make their appearances better. Man, I I, 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 feel, I really knew you were going to say that about like like the snapping, <laughs> cracking, all the yeah. different stuff. Where, where, you better get out of here with your yuck mouth. I'm going to teach you how to brush your teeth. Like, I, I exactly. knew. You talk about my shoes but you can't talk about my teeth okay you, 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 you can't i smile i blind you get off, get off exactly. my face exactly i can get some coins and change my shoes you can't change the teeth you know exactly you're gonna need me you're gonna need me in 30 years you don't need my you need my big mouth toothbrush in a second now i feel it i know i feel it i feel it so let me ask this so did you did you think you would be here because one thing that when i when i talk to amazing people that are living in their dreams one thing that I see is that, you know, they and I put myself in that we always have this passion for one thing and we see that one thing. But I, I just graduated from Fort Valley State University in 2019, fall 2019. And one thing about my journey is that, you know, I want to be in broadcast. I want to grow polls. I had this big media company. But at a point, you get the degree. You did all this stuff on campus. But at the same time, it's like that journey is real slow and it's hard getting to that point. So did you envision that you would be here right now when you were a child? When I was a child, I could envision myself being successful because my um, I had, a you know, my family's a great support system. You know, I was in a household where, you know, I'm basically a single mom. And, you know, the question wasn't, you know, if you're going to college, it's like what college you're going to. You know what I mean? Um, so I knew that I, I think I envisioned success for myself. I also feel like my support system had higher uh, hopes for me. They had higher, bigger dreams for me than I did myself. So did I personally see myself in this seat? No. Did my support system? Absolutely. And they basically were the fire behind it. <laughs> so they asked you what college you were going to? It wasn't just implied you were going to Howard? It, it, you had a choice? Oh, oh no. They, it wasn't, no. Howard was definitely not assumed that I, yeah, no. That wasn't, that wasn't the thing. It was a great idea and I'm glad I did it, but um no, I guess I, it definitely was not. My dad did go to Howard, you know, my dad did go to Howard for dental school. Um, but I, you know, I have other siblings that went to like a couple went to Ivy League schools. Um, uh, my sister went to Meharry, which is another, you know, HBCU. 
so we, there's a variety because there's a lot of us. <laughs> I know, I get it. So I, I need you to yeah. take us there. So what colleges were on the list? Was it a huge list? Was it like a small list? Like we know Howard was up there, but like what were the colleges on the list? Yeah, uh, Villanova. Hmm. Um, uh, for undergrad, I went to Drexel, which is an engineering school, science and engineering school. Um, UMDNJ was another school that was uh, an option. Meharry, of course. Um, Hampton uh, and Penn State. Oh, well, if you went to Hampton, man, that the family used with oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the real HU battle at that family union at that dinner. If you watch Power, it would have been a very Power Book Two dinner. Like it was like, yeah, like yeah, the exactly. real HU. <laughs> like, oh, I already know. I have a cousin that went to Hampton, and he, I can't. I don't even think we can have a five minute conversation without him bringing something about Howard Hampton rivals. Oh my rivals. gosh, I, I, I like. I bet it's interesting. We got to we got to have a camera crew around you because that Howard <laughs> Hampton battle is something totally different. It's, so it's exactly. a different. It's a different. And it stands for generations, generations. Leg <laughs> like when the legacy comes in, it gets crazy. But let me ask this: so when you went to Howard, like, what was that experience like? Like, like you know, because we always hear about sort of like the journey of, hey, I went to college and then I became successful, but we never really truly hear about how it was on the yard. So how was it on the yard for you at Howard? So on the yard for me at Howard was uh, extremely exciting. I mean, I was there in the early two thousands, so DC was popping ton okay it was on fire uh and you know i, I got embraced wholeheartedly by my sorors of course um and you know it, I, I loved being on the yard uh I, I went to all like step shows and i've you know howard homecoming is nothing like being there and being able to not not going down you know for homecoming but being there as a part of homecoming mm. You know, the entire homecoming experience, being able to host my own types of parties and, you know, mixers and things for homecoming while I was living there. Mm. I also bartended my way through dental school. That's a whole nother story on U Street, you know, mm. on U Street. Uh, it was it was a spot that was right across the street from Republic Gardens. I don't know if you're old enough to know what Republic Gardens was, but, you know, the place that I bartended was right across the street from there on the weekends. Um yeah, and it was just a, it was just an amazing scene. You know, the the camaraderie and the bonds that I formed by attending Howard University carried itself all the way up and throughout my residency um, to me moving and building my office in Brooklyn. Uh, there was a, a woman who another dentist who referred me to the man that wound up allowing me to get my first practice. She was from Howard. When I left, when I graduated. And I, and I uh, was almost finished my residency up here. I was like, Dad, you know, I want to start my own practice, but I don't, you know, have much guidance up here. So what I did was I called the dean's office at Howard, asked them to, to please send me a list of the, um, the current, the uh, dental school graduates that are in the area. I called them one by one. Mm -hmm. I called them one by one. And each of, I said, even if you do not have, you know, an a job opportunity for me, give me some pearls, you know? Give me some pearls. And it was it was literally the the best thing I did in terms of my career up here because it just opened a lot of doors for me. Wow. So I was gonna ask that like about what Howard, like how Howard fueled your career, but I hear the networking side of it. Like, wow. There you go. Opened a lot of doors for me, put me in a lot of um important rooms. So and like you're a planner. I, I hear that in you right now. You're a planner. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. So I got to ask, so how has planning and really that forethought of thinking forward, like how has that really affected your journey? Because I think a lot of us, especially around this age range, this generation of what HBC Pulse reaches to, we're very sudden. You know, we are very in the moment. So we think about mm-hmm. what's now. We think about just what's happening now. And sometimes I can say this personally, it's hard to think about what's next year. Sometimes I think about what's next month or next week. So like, like how, how has, how has being forward thinking and really planning things out, how has that helped you in your career and being successful? It's helped me immensely. It started with uh, me with time management, having appropriate time management with uh, in, in college, in undergrad and in dental school, you know, back then, I guess I could say it, it helped because it was like, how am I going to manage to be in these streets and study for these exams and pass them at the same time. How am I gonna work that out? Because I wanna do both, I'm gonna do both, but how do I need to do it? So that took planning. Okay, I can go, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is for everybody. I'm not saying the kids, you know, I'm not telling the kids to do it this way. I'm telling you how I did it and what worked for me and what allowed me to be as well-rounded as possible given the career that I, the, the career goals that I had. So uh, it started out with time management. And then, you know, I, of course, I had uh, you know pretty good mentors, but um, the time management carried over into planning strategies to fulfill short term and long term goals. Mm. Very, very, very important. I can be spontaneous, too. I mean, anyone that knows me in my social circles know I might be in Miami tomorrow night. You know what I mean? But you have to have that that strategy and planning to make sure that all your bases are covered. You're still making money while you're gone. You're not missing anything that, you know, that needs to, to that is in the productive form for your office while you can still play. So it's like, it, you're, so basically I was almost forced into the planning aspect so that I could do the other things for leisure that would help me keep my sanity on my journey. <laughs> See, listen, that, that's that's big black history Cheryl maker energy right there like you making it happen like I like we I think we all need to hear that because I think one of the biggest things that happens in this generation is that level of time management and like really learning how to maximize your time because I think that we're really used to having an abundance of it you know as a child and mm-hmm. even in college like you know you get out of class you have this big old playground of, of a campus you know that you right. have the opportunity to, to explore or a city that you get to, to explore without you know bills most of the time because some costumes have bills some costumes have jobs not a lot of them so you know like you you have this, so, such a dearth of time that when you're mm-hmm. an adult you're like oh what you only have 24 hours I don't, I don't have time to do this and that I have a job to go to so I think and that's important what you said so tell us about the opening of your practice because it's a very interesting story of how you open aces braces so tell us about that yeah um so i was finishing my residency and you know everybody's like hustling and searching for a job um like i said the the woman that was a hb that was how the howard graduate um connected me with someone who was basically selling her their his practice selling his practice in a certain area and i was like oh my god you know i really need to jump on this opportunity but when you first open your practice, uh, it's not like you snap your fingers and a whole bunch of patients come in. You know what I mean? It's not, so you have to develop a plan, like you said, a plan. So what I planned to do was uh, open the practice for one day a week while I, while I worked the other six. And the strategy behind that is I did not want to, I was already up to here in student loans, okay? I didn't want to have to take out more loans uh, if I could help it at that time. So, and I, you know, I don't come from money, so I'm, I wasn't expecting to be, get that DDS doctor title and expect to be rich. Right. I could be poor for a few more years, you know what I'm saying? It's no problem. 
while I'm on my grind. So I worked for an orthodontist. I taught orthodontics. I worked at a hospital. So I basically hustled for for uh, six days a week while my practice was open for one. You know, worked. I always worked for seven days. Always worked for seven days a week for years I was working. Um, and then as I built my practice, I took a day away from working for somebody, gave it to myself. So I had two full days of patience, then I had three full days of patience, then I had four full days of patience, and that's how it basically grew. Wow. And, you know, what you saying that, essentially, like what you said, and I heard it from, you know, when you were in dental school, you know, you were a bartender mm-hmm. to this point in the story where we are now. I saw a tweet and, and it said essentially that we're fooled by social media influencers because we think we, we see the ending. We don't see where they came from. And what I'm hearing is that notion of you working while you're achieving your dream. You work seven days and you're working, you're working at the orthodontist office, but you're building your own. So I got to ask you this. So what is the difference between owning your own practice versus working for someone in this field? Like, what's the difference in it? Okay, so when you work for someone, you get a salary. It's the same thing like as if you worked for like a corporate entity, right? You you work for someone, um, you do, in my, in, it, with respect to what I do, you do orthodontics the way they do it. You, you're, you're trained to do it because everybody doesn't do it the same way. Everybody doesn't run their practice the way I run it. Everybody doesn't treat cases the same way I treat them, right? So you, you you're basically in a situation where yes, you are making pretty decent money, but you are, um, you can't control how much more money you can make in the future if you work for someone else. Uh, you're literally uh, at a plateau where, you know, you you take whatever, not whatever, because you, you know, you can demand, if you work for somebody else, you can demand what your, what your salary should be, um, but you don't really have control over how much more you can make in the future. Uh, it's a pretty decent living, um, but for me personally, I, you don't have control over who's hired and who's fired. You don't have control over who you who works with you. You don't have control over how the front end works, how uh, the office policies are. There are a lot of things you don't have control over when you work for someone else, but you do get a nice check. As opposed to in my in my private office, I got Biggie, Tupac, and uh, Jay Z in my waiting area. I have Obama on my wall. I play anything from. Uh, Two chains to Mary J. Blige to house music to soca to reggae. Wow. That's what you hear when you walk in my door. As soon as you open that door, you get a piece of who Dr. Bobby is. You wow. see, you see, you see. I also have I own a juice bar that's in the same building as my practice. Mm. So I'm like overall oral, overall physical health. I'm all into that. Um, and it's just it just gives you a better sense of peace. You can hire who you want to hire. My office is all mel- full of melanin. You know what I mean? You're I'm able to um, give opportunities to people on every level and every aspect, not just hiring them. I have a screen in my waiting area that's seen by thousands of people. You know what I do? Any of my patients, anyone that wants to advertise on there, I let them advertise on there wow. so that everyone that walks through this through this door gets a piece of these black owned businesses that are on that screen. Like there's just there's just an endless amount of th- things and opportunities that are presented that I can present to other people by having my own building in my own place. Wow. I, I love how rooted in community that you are. Like, because like I think that's a big thing that we often miss in the black community. We have to be community focused. I think we are, but I think to a certain point, it's a level of competition that's bred in us because of the society that we live in. But I, yeah. I got to <laughs> ask you this though. 
So yeah. I, I was reading the Ocean Drive article that you had to move three different locations because the building owners kept increasing your rent by one thousand a month. So tell us about that. So that was the next phase. So the so boom, the practice is open, right? Um, my rent. I'm not. I don't want to say what my rent was, but even at that time, my rent was slightly higher than the other businesses in the in the area. So I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um. East Flatbush, Brooklyn, is a very is a very congested Caribbean area. Mm-hmm. So I was cool. I was good with that because you know I, I had a, a medical dental facility. So I was like, okay, I'll pay a little bit more. But um, the law in New York um, states that once your le- once your commercial lease is up, the landlord can raise it however much they how, whatever percentage they would like to. Uh, residential, not so much because I'm a landlord. I wish I could do that. But um, but um, so after that practice was open for about five years. The lease was up. Uh, someone bought the building, raised my rent by a thousand dollars, and only gave me one month notice. Wow. Right, because he lived uh, upstairs and he saw that my waiting area was waiting room was always packed. Like I'm sure he was ca- he was counting my money. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Granted, I was nobody nowhere near rich, but I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm I'm envisioning that that's the reason why he, you know, did what he did. Mm-hmm. So. I play, you know, oh, dumb little, dumb little dentists. Oh no, you know, give me a little bit of, give me a little bit of time. My brain, like I said, already started planning to move on to the next place. I moved a block away, right? Mm-hmm. Five more years, I'm there. Told that landlord, and this was this this. I think the first uh, this guy, I think it was an African guy. Um, he owned like a bunch of buildings. I told him my situation. I was like, you know, this is what this guy is doing to me. Da da da. He said, no problem. Sign this lease. I'll give you the next option of, you know, five more. He, five years later, after I put tens of thousands of dollars into his building to redo the plumbing, to set up the office, because, you know, when you set up a practice, it has to be, you know, sufficient for a, an efficiently ran dental practice. Like, I have a lot. Like, it has to be very efficient. So I put that money into that building, and um, he did the same thing. Mm. Pretty much did the same thing. He's like, you know, well, you're using too much water. He said something like, you're using too much water, so I need to raise your rent, you know, $1,000. So I said, okay, give me a month or so. I was like, this is not happening to me again. So I got with a broker uh, did the, he did, who helped me do the due, the due diligence in uh, purchasing a building. Because in the meantime, I was already getting my credit up. I was already making sure that I looked immaculate on paper. Because, you know, these buildings in New York cost a lot. So, so it's not like getting a regular mortgage, you know? So um, by the time this happens again, I was like, you know, I, I can't do it. So what happened was I bought this building. I bought this, bought this building that I'm in right now um, and just vowed to just not only not ever do that to anyone else, but that it would not happen to me again. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's this way. I've had this building since 2016. Mm. Man, ownership is key. That's all I hear from that story. It really is. I think that it's. I think that you, you should still be able to trust landlords and trust people, but always have it in the back of your mind that if you want to 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 sustain a successful business and have the most control over it that you can have, always, always, always try to own. Always, if you can. And and ownership lets you call the shots because like you're not gonna raise your own rent, and then you told yourself that hey, I'm not gonna do that to anybody else. So I think that, that that's big, and and you, you stunned on them now. You over you have your own right. successful practice, aces, braces, tooth verses, and all that. And it's like, what you, know, you doing over there with, with your with your thousand uh, extra rent? What you doing over there? And you know that next tenant did not pay whatever you were trying to charge me. You know you're not gonna. <laughs> it's 
no way. Yeah, that was that was almost double what the going rent was for that area. It was just ridiculous. Now you lost a good tenant because you know I paid my rent on time every month. Now you lost a good tenant. Goodbye. Exactly. They tried it. <laughs> they tried it. They, they tried it, and people don't don't understand that because they're money hungry. I feel like that, that's the thing. They're money hungry. They, they're not they're like they're not seeing the bigger picture. It's that short term yep. mindset. They're money hungry. But let's yep. talk about the big black history moment big black history black history trailblazer future billionaire energy right here telling you all right so tell us about the big mouth toothbrush yes the big mouth toothbrush all right so the idea came from some of my soldier i have a, I have, a, I have a lot of siblings we have a call every sunday um, when I was younger, I'm the youngest, I'm the baby, but I have a big mouth. So my mom and everybody used to call me Mighty Mouth, right? And, it, you know, for a while, sometimes it was something negative. You know, I saw that in combination with us as Black people, like, wanting to think bigger, bigger is better, right? Um, and I'm also thinking, I was also envisioning, like, big smiles. So on the family call, we were kind of brainstorming. I'm just like, you know what? You know, I think one of my brothers was like, yeah, something, something, Mighty Mouth or whatever. And I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. I was like, you know what? I want to design a bigger toothbrush head. Initially, it wasn't going to be electronic. I was just thinking about the head of the toothbrush, right? Mm. I was just thinking of the head of the toothbrush, how I was, I was thinking that it should be bigger. I mean, you know, wider, you know, to cover more surfaces. So I started developing the concept. And then um, that night, that evening, I was like, it has to be electric because as dentists, we know that de electric toothbrushes are just more efficient. And it, with this whole concept of being bigger and better, it needs to be electric. So that's where I started getting to work and doing the research um, with other companies, like noticing that a lot of the, I don't know if I can show this, this is another toothbrush, but um, but the more, the more um, advances in modern electric toothbrushes, they're getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. You've noticed they get, everybody wants it to be more sleek and skinny. But if there's an issue in America, of say like gingivitis and poor oral hygiene, how are smaller toothbrushes helping to serve that issue? How? You know, it's not covering more service areas, covering less service area. Most people, I did a, uh, a study at my office, a survey. Most people don't brush for the full two minutes. So if you're not brushing for the full two minutes and these toothbrushes are getting smaller, how is that helping the problem? Mm. So it, it seems very simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got with a team of engineers, and we developed Big Mouth wow. a year later. <laughs> wow. And, you, you know, it, it, it's so interesting because in my lifetime of 25 years, I've seen, you know, what you're talking about where the, where the two brushes got smaller. And I remember, and I don't know if, if my folks that are 90s babies, like, 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 you know, recall this, but it was a mm -hmm. toothbrush that I used to have where if you put it in your mouth, it played music. It was so scary. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about, but it's like it played, and there was no black songs. There was black, it was black IPs. There was no black songs for real. It, 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 it wasn't Chingy or, or like right. or like that. It, it wasn't Mike Jones. It, it, it played black IPs. Let's get it started for the whole two minutes that you, you were brushing, and that was inventive to me. But like this is next level because that was one thing. Hey, brush for two minutes. But but what you're talking about is like hey, like you got like it's getting smaller and smaller, so it's, it's not getting the whole service area. So right. like like so, how did it feel? knowing that you are not only the first black woman, but the first woman that had an electric toothbrush and you made it for a purpose such as this, where it wasn't for money, it was for attacking an area where other toothbrushes aren't doing. So how did it feel to be a trailblazer? How does it feel? 
Amazing. Amazing. Because that wasn't my intent. <laughs> you know, that wasn't the intent behind it. Um, but no, it, it, it feels amazing. I, I'm loving the platform that it's putting me on because even with, you know, orthodontics and, 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 and my patients and, you know, me loving the fact that like my whole pride and joy is seeing the faces of my teenage patients when they see me, because you, you have to understand on my, on my sign outside, it says Dr. Bobby Peterson. Like, yes, I do spell my name with an I, but there's still a lot of people that come in here and think I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? There's still a lot of people that come here and might think I'm white. Yes, my picture's not out there. So they don't know. Yeah, there's still a few people. I mean, it more so before, before I had, you know, this platform. But um, yeah, I used to love coming in for the, to the consultation and, you know, noticing the, the look on. Sometimes the moms didn't like it. Sometimes they did, you know, but the kids loved it. Like that, I, I wish I had that when I was younger. You know, like I wish I had that. Um, and, you know, when people have my braces on, when kids have my braces on, they see me every month. So it's not like going to doctors where you see them once a year. These kids see me every month. So we develop a relationship. We talk about things. I say, oh, how was your birthday? It's more of a personal relationship. So to answer your question, um, it feels amazing. But I've, I've always prided myself in the next generation seeing me and saying, hey, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could do that. Dr. Bobby's doing it. And you know, and I love mentoring them. So no, it feels it feels amazing. That's what we need. We need mentorship, and we yeah. need representation. And I need for mm -hmm. all these folks. I want to say this because I saw this this week. I need for all these folks that that that, that are in their garage that call themselves orthodontists, putting braces in, and then go. Oh and my then, god! Oh, I <laughs> so many people said that to me. I got I got so many DMs with that. I was like, wait, what? But I kind of knew that something like that was going on. At least I knew it was going on in Atlanta because I do pop-ups as well, right? And there was a girl there that had this advertisement up. It was so funny because she took it down after I went up to talk to her. <laughs> she had this advertisement up. She was actually selling, she was selling something else, but she had like this step and repeat that had braces. So of course it attracted me. I went over there, I was like, oh wow, you know, are you an orthodontist, you know? And, and she was really young. She said, no, but I used to work for an orthodontist. I used to work for an orthodontist and um, he showed me how to put braces on. I said, oh, so you put braces on people? She's like, well, you know, I'm not supposed to. Of course, she's telling me the truth. She's like, well, I'm not supposed to. But um, sometimes I just try to help my friends out. I was like, oh, but the post that I saw that people sent me. Um, yeah, it, it, it traumatized me a little bit because wow. I didn't realize. Yeah, because I didn't realize that it was done so often I guess or that it was so they are really messing people up I know that when you know people get training for it it looks easy but there's a whole physics behind moving people's teeth in their head like there's a whole a whole science behind it so I can't I just can't imagine I can't imagine what, what what's going on in these uh in these basements because it, it's, it's it's probably the, it's probably similar to when, when these girls were getting these butt injections in, in, in basements. Like, that's how drastic it is. Your teeth will fall out of your head if, they're, if this is not done properly. <laughs> like, Jeez, Jeez. And, and I always say this, is that I think that with social media and the internet, people are allowed to be whatever they want to be. Even if, like, they're not that. Even if you didn't go to school. Even if you didn't yes. become a doctor. You just yes. get the equipment. You're like, hey, I got to put braces in. And that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, you just be anything you want to on, on the internet, good or, good or bad. But also, it's the fact that 
people didn't, and, I, and this is not a totally original thought, but I did think this, I saw somebody corroborate it, is that people didn't want to get braces. People used to talk about folks getting braces when you were in school. Now you want to get braces to for, to look good and then go to a, a hood orthodontist, not an orthodontist that used to work at there. She probably was a secretary. She didn't really do this. She probably saw them put the braces in. She probably lied. Like, Y'all put it in. No, you saw it through the window because they didn't close it all the way. Like, that's probably what happened. Like, so it's like, it is just insane to me. What is going on with the world? That is so crazy. So what's going to happen is they're going to put these braces on and the bracket, but the braces, the position of the braces are going to be all tore up that they're going to make them need braces. <laughs> like, they're going to shift the teeth out of position. I can't, I can only imagine. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm going to tell them, because listen, I, like, like I, listen, you you got way more knowledge than me on this, but I'm, I'm an age to the billion dollar empire. So a lot of people are doing this. What you're going, what you need to do is create the next, the next thing you make in, in, in the big mouth empire is to help the mm -hmm. folks that went to the hood or the diners and now they can't open right. their mouth. You need to figure out how to unlock it. That's going to be <laughs> trillion there. Big mouth, big key. <laughs> so, like, you, know, you know, and and then take them to big jail. Like, what's wrong with them? Like, <laughs> the big jail, exactly. like what's going on? <laughs> but overall, I gotta ask you this as we conclude the interview. So we have a lot of HBCU students that are watching this, that are listening to this on, on Pulse Radio. And a lot of HBCU alum, because I want to speak from that. HBCU alum are just college alum in general, and it's hard. And I know you you can relate. It's it's hard. Because, like, you know, you do all this stuff, you pay all this money, you take these student loans, and you go through this journey, and it's like, dang, like, you're 24, 25, 26, and you're trying to figure out when does that dream happen? So what is your advice to the HBCU students that are on that journey to get where you are, and the alum that may not even be orthodontist or in this practice, mm -hmm. but are trying to make it work and trying to figure out how to get their life going? Um, I would say, just like I spoke on this earlier, how the woman that graduated from uh, Howard hooks me up with that link. It's like, you never know. One of the biggest blessings from going to an HBO, HBCU and graduating from HBCU is, is the connections. So I don't know, in, I don't know about, you know, wherever anybody, every, everyone else lives, but I know in New York, there are uh, HBCU mixers, there are HBCU, there's all types of uh, Facebook groups. There are all types of social circles that you can include yourself in where, it's it's an embracing, uh, it's it's like a fellowship that that really can't be can't be described uh, completely, but it's 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 like a family, you know what I mean? It's like a family. If if any most people that I've met that have gone to HBCUs, besides you know the 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 the, the internal camaraderie like or rivalry, right? Besides the internal, like, overall grown people that have uh, graduated from HBCU, they will, they will go out of their way to help someone else in need. Um, my advice to them would be, like I told you, I called Howard, got a list of people in the area, called them, got pearls from them. Don't be afraid to reach out. I know that I get, I get lots of DMs from people from Howard and I, I take my time and respond to all of them and give them whatever knowledge I can possibly give them. And I feel like a lot of others that have gone and that are still in um, historically black, black universities would do the same. Mm, I love it. Community and really reaching yes. out and helping people that are in that same position because that's the level of representation, not only just mm -hmm. seeing it, but also coming from that same experience and helping folks 
you have better than what you had. So I think that's beautiful. You're doing a lot of amazing things. You're a black history, you're a trailblazer, future billionaire. <laughs> you're making it happen out here in the world. So I really appreciate you for taking this time out to come on HBC Pulse and Pulse Radio to speak to us. But real quick, first, tell everybody where they can get the Big Mouth Toothbrush and also where they can find you on social media. So the Big Mouth Toothbrush, the easiest way to order it would be online, uh, bigmouthtoothbrush.com. It's really easy to remember. The link is... Um, also in my bio, my Instagram is I am Dr. Bobby, B-O-B-B-I. The Big Mouth Toothbrush has its own Instagram, the Big Mouth Toothbrush mm-hmm. <laughs> on Instagram. And the link is also in the bio there. That Instagram, the DMs are are uh, are monitored like almost 24 hours a day. I have somebody monitoring that almost 24 hours a day. So any questions that anyone has about the toothbrush will be um, answered almost instantly uh, in that DM. Mm. I love yeah. it. I love also, it. Also available for purchase here at Aces Braces. <laughs> so. Yeah, like go get yeah. it. And, and it's going to be in Walmart yeah. soon. Sorry, I'm speaking it. going to be in Walmart, Target, everywhere. Because some folks like to go yeah, to Target, I, not Walmart. Some folks booze. You like to go to Target. <laughs> right. I, I go to both. But listen, um, also, let me, let, me, let me just also say that um, the Atlanta launch for the Big Mouth Toothbrush is going to be March 17th in Atlanta. I'm also, um, the Big Mouth team is going to be at the Henman Dental Conference that same weekend in Atlanta, uh, presenting the Big Mouth toothbrush to the dental community down there. So if anyone is in the Atlanta area, March 17th to the 19th, come out and say hi. Love to see it. AUC, Clark Atlanta, Morehouse, Spellman, Morris Brown. Tap in. Yes. Tap in. Come say hi. And come I- say what's up. And all the folks like 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 Morehouse School of Medicine, you, you have an HBCU educated orthodontist right here, entrepreneur I, making it happen. So I really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much for dropping them gems, and we're gonna support yeah. you. Like we definitely gotta tap in some more. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you, Doctor Bobby. All right, all right, all right. So that was my interview with Dr. Bobby Peterson, Black History Trailblazer, doing amazing things. Like she is really advancing black folks in orthodontics and she has her own toothbrush like that was the coolest part about the interview like her talking about her being the first black woman and the first woman to have her own electric toothbrush and the fact that she's rapidly expanding like she's going to be in atlanta in march like so ladies you need to tap in and get that toothbrush she broke down the reason why you need it because a lot of these toothbrushes that they're getting smaller and smaller not not bigger so they're covering less of the areas that we need to hit to make sure we have that big bright smile so i need to tap in with a black woman get a black owned toothbrush and make sure your teeth are shiny and that you don't have the yug mouth and don't go to no hood orthodontist okay and when i say hood orthodontist i mean the orthodontist that ain't orthodontist but decided they're gonna put braces on your teeth and mess up your teeth and make it where you're gonna be a lockjaw. you're gonna be able to say nothing all right so make sure you tap in with the right people and support folks that are on the grind that have an amazing story like Dr. Peterson support her because she put in the work she went to school and she certified out here, man. So stop playing with her, but nevertheless, man, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Pulse radio 100 on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Twitter and on YouTube, just pulse radio. And outside of that, we'll see you on the other side. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into a HBCU pulse. Now trending worldwide.